Today's sermon is a little different and I'm not gonna apologize for it because I think that we need to come to a serious confrontation with the enemy. And we need a serious realization. Something's missing. Something's missing. Turn, if you will, to Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two and verse 41. Uh, Now there's some of these things I'm gonna give you. I didn't get it from a book. I didn't get it from the internet. I, I didn't get it from all the other places. I just prayed and asked God about it and he gave it to me. So if you don't like it, take it up with him. I'm not being a smart aleck today, I'm, I'm serious, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the condition of the church in America today. I'm concerned about Rubyville Community Church. I didn't get all that I want in revival. And, and it's not a thing where you come and you top the tank off and that does you for a year. We need God every day, folks. And we need him every service. In Luke chapter two and verse 41, now his parents, this is the parents of Jesus. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. I think that you're probably well acquainted with this incident in the word of God in the life of Christ. But several days ago, God began to speak to my mind and my heart about this incident as I looked at it again. And a simple thought crossed my mind. How could Jesus be missing and they not know it? But that's what the Bible says. Now, I'm not being, I'm not being hard on Joseph and Mary. I know it's Passover. And I know, I know that it's, it's one of those things that, uh, that in the rush of life and this being Passover, all of the people that was there, I understand all of that. If anybody knows about forgetfulness, I know about forgetfulness. And uh, don't laugh at me, it's coming to you too. We get forgetful, I understand all of that. But yet, it's a sad picture that they lost 
the most valuable thing that they had. Got a day's journey, realized he wasn't with them. So the Bible said they turned back again to Jerusalem. And this is what God gave me. To get back what you lost, you gotta go back to what you left. To get back what you lost, you've gotta go back to what you left. Now with them, it's interesting that it took them a day's journey to realize he wasn't with them, but how many days did it take them to go back? Three days. That tells me something. Every day without Jesus, it may take us three days to get back to where we were. So it pays not to leave Jesus out. But I'm here to tell you, something's missing. And in a lot of churches in America this morning, everybody will be there but Jesus. They'll not talk about him. They'll not sing about him. They'll not praise him. They'll not be thankful to him. You'll never hear his name mentioned. They'll not pray in his name. They'll say nothing about Jesus. But without Jesus, he said, without me, you can do nothing. You can build buildings, you can build bank accounts, you can balance budgets, but I tell you what, if Jesus isn't with us, we'll never see souls saved without Jesus. We'll never see devils cast out without Jesus. We'll never see deliverance come without Jesus. We'll never see people healed without Jesus. Everything we do, we do by him, through him, for him, and with him, and without him, you can do nothing. You'll not be able to do it without Jesus. They lost the son. But then I got to thinking also about individuals in the Bible that lost the spirit. You know, you have Saul, for example. You know Saul, King Saul. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul And you know, that's when the evil spirit came into him, when the spirit of the Lord left. That tells you, that's why you need to be in the spirit. You open your door for evil spirits to come in when the spirit of the Lord takes his flight. That's why every church needs to be spirit-filled. Every church needs the spirit of the Lord. But then also, I couldn't only think about him, but also I had to think about Samson. You remember Samson when he was a young man, the Bible said, oft times the spirit of the Lord came upon him and moved upon him. And then he got to the place where when he would face the Philistines on different occurrences, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Sometimes the spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, the Bible said. But then came the day that he gave the secrets of his heart to a woman that was a harlot. Anointed people, God doesn't say that you have to stay anointed forever. Just because you have been anointed doesn't mean that you're still anointed. Getting lonely up here now. You may have experienced good times. You may experience the presence of the Lord. You may experience the spirit of God, but the truth of the matter is just because God's done that in the past doesn't mean that he's doing it in your present, nor that he'll have to do it in the future. And the Bible says he wished not that the Lord had departed from him. How did he get that back? 
he found a young man and he said to the young man, I want you to take my hands. He's now blind, he's now captive. And he said, take my hands and put my hands on the pillars. And those that he destroyed and killed at the end of his life was greater than all that he'd done throughout his life because he went to the pillars. And can I tell you something? If we get away from the basics of God's word and the pillars of faith, when we get away from that, we're in serious trouble. And I'm not talking about just doctrine. Here's our problem. We know it with our head, but we don't want to experience with our heart and with our spirit what we know with our head. We know so much that we think we pass the grade. I see it often with preachers. I'm so sick of plastic preachers preaching to plastic people. They're like little baby dolls. Little girls get it Christmas time pull a string on their back and they say the same thing and squeeze their hand and they say the same thing. But it's just repeating, repeating, repeating. Nothing new, nothing fresh. God never touches them. Hey, let me give you a word of advice. Don't listen to preachers who can't worship. Don't listen to singers who can't worship. Do you know how someone is plastic? Let me tell you how you know they're plastic. They go and sit down in their seat and they don't budge and they don't say a word and they do nothing until they get up. I know preachers that have great doctrine. They're theological geniuses, but they're dead as a doornail. The Bible says that we're not only to preach and know the doctrine, but we're to preach in the demonstration and the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to stand here this morning in my own flesh and in my own ability. I want God's power on me as I preach the word of God. There must be a demonstration of what God can do. Demonstration without doctrine brings confusion. Doctrine without demonstration brings frustration. But doctrine and demonstration brings a transformation in people's lives. I believe that you can not only hear it, I believe you can experience, I believe you can feel it, I believe you can know it. Not only to know the word of God, but to let the word of God stir your heart as never before. They lost the spirit. What a sad thing. I mentioned last night, people come to church anymore with leaving on their mind. Some of you day, today look like you're going to the dentist. Wonder how long am I going to be there, how much is going to hurt and how much is going to cost me. What did you come to church today for? Let me tell you why we need the spirit. It starts in the book of the beginning, Genesis chapter one. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Bible says, and the spirit of God moved upon the waters. 
The Spirit, what? Moved upon the waters. You go to the very next verse and the Bible says, and God said. Can I tell you what God wants me to tell you today? If the Spirit doesn't move, then God won't speak. God doesn't talk unless the Spirit moves. The Spirit goes before him. When you were converted, God can't convince you that you're saved until the Spirit moves on your heart with conviction. And when the Spirit moves on your heart and not only moves on you, but then you confess your sin, the Spirit moves into you. And when the Spirit moves on you to convict you and the Spirit moves in you to convert you, then God says, this is my child. This is my son. This is my daughter, they're saved because they have turned to me and they have accepted me and they're born not of flesh but of spirits. I have more to tell you. I don't know if you can handle it or not. It takes the spirit. We've lost the touch of the divine. We don't want a divine interruption. We don't want a divine intervention. We want to start at 9.30 sharp and end at 10.30 dull. It might mess up my dinner plans. I watch preachers sit there and fiddle around with themselves and people dig in their purse and chew their gum. And you're in the house of God where the spirit of God supposedly has liberty? You say, well, what will people think of me? What does God think of you? God's not too concerned whether you have on a new suit or you have on a new dress. God's more concerned about the attitude of your heart to say, Lord, this is the day that you made. I'm gonna rejoice and be glad in it. And the joy of the Lord's my strength. And I'm depending on you, God, for everything. And this is church day. I get to go into your house today, Lord. I get to bless your name today, Lord. I get to look to you today to help me in my time of need. Oh, Lord, I have come to this place to worship you that others can see it is real. It is real. There's there's nothing fake about it, it's genuine. And when we have that divine interruption, things start happening. That's what it takes. They lost the son. They lost the spirit. But then David, he lost the stuff. You remember, remember what happened to David? Saul's chasing him. First Samuel 27, David says to himself, see, he's weary of Saul chasing him. So he said, this is what I'll do. I'll go down to the land of the Philistines. God, since you're not gonna save me, I'll, I'll save myself. He didn't ask God if he could go. He just went. So he goes down to Ziglag. Be careful of going where God don't want you to go and blaming God for it. That's a big thing when you say, God led me. 
You make sure that God led you if God led you. Oh, it's funny to me that God seems to always lead people in the easiest path that has, has the least amount of sacrifice involved. But they love to say, God led me. God led me. Did he really? So he gets down to Ziglag. 16 months he's there. He's out. The Amalekites come. I preached from it not long ago. They, they come to where the wives, the children, the city's at. They burn the city to the ground. They don't kill any. They take the wives captive. They take everyone with them. The news comes to David. David comes back. The city's burned. Everything's gone. Everything. Everything is gone. And then you'll, you'll read something strange in 1 Samuel chapter 30 about verse five that when he starts to go, he realizes on the journey that they have taken his wife, wives captive, Ahinoam and Abigail. I think that's strange out of all the people that they, they took with them, took captive. Why did God in his word record in the fifth verse that they took Ahinoam and Abigail? Because it's the same thing that the enemy wants to take from every one of us today. Ahinoam, according to Smith's Bible Dictionary, the meaning of Ahinoam is grace. The meaning of Abigail is joy. The devil wants grace out of your life and wants joy out of your life. He wants to steal it. He wants to take away grace and he wants to take away joy. And so he asked God three, two questions. He said, Lord, shall I pursue? Shall I overtake? Isn't it something he asked two questions and God gave him three answers. He said, pursue, overtake, and God said, and recover all. David never said anything about recovering all. It was God that told him to recover all. He asked two questions, God gave him three answers. God will always give you more than you ask for. You think you're asking for one thing, but God always gives you more than what you ask for. And something, I don't know why, I never noticed it. They finally find this Egyptian. He's almost dead. They take care of him. They, he comes back. The spirit comes back in him. He comes almost back to life. And he leads them to the camp of the enemy. And do you know what happens when they get to the enemy's camp? Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says when they got to the enemy's camp that the enemy, they were dancing and singing singing and partying. That's really what they were doing. Can I tell you, God struck my heart this week and the Lord says, do you know what happens when the devil steals your stuff? The devil and all of hell is partying over the things that they have destroyed. He parties over your pain. He's dancing over the fact that he took something that God gave from you. He's saying, where's your God at now? But oh, he didn't see the whole story. God wasn't finished yet. Why did it happen? Can I tell you why? Because it started in chapter 27. David didn't trust God, but when he got his stuff taken, he said, Lord, I'm gonna go back 
to what I left, my trust in you. And God, I'm gonna believe you to let me get everything back again. That's how we always get it back. You know why some of you sit in the same seat every week? You know nothing's gonna happen there. I'm far away, I'm back far enough, preacher can't spit on me. I'm back far enough, those shouters won't get in my face. Something's missing. Something's missing. You know what I prayed for for this church this morning? Let me tell you what I prayed for this, this morning. Prayed for it all week long. I asked God for a breakthrough. And that word's been used by so many circles of denominations that it's become a cliche. They don't even know what they're talking about. You, you read about the breakthrough. It's in the Bible. You read about the breakthrough. Well, let, let's go there together. Let's go to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter three. 2 Kings chapter three. The last two verses, 26 and 27. 2 Kings chapter three, verses 26 and 27. You have it? 2 Kings chapter three, verse 26. And when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too sore for him, he took with him 700 men that drew swords. For what? To break through even unto the king of Edom. Look at the last phrase. But they could not. They didn't get a breakthrough. They couldn't break through the lines. Now in this case, Moab was the enemy attacking. Jesus said when he come, this was supposed to be reversed. Now we're supposed to be attacking the devil. But all I hear about is how bad the devil's been attacking me. But the Bible says now the church is on the offensive. We're not to be on the defensive. We're to be on the offense. In the Old Testament, the people of God was always defending themselves against the enemy. That's for another sermon and it's coming if I have any people left. But here they were facing this line and they bring out the strongest they have and they couldn't break through. They paid the best singers to come, no breakthrough. They invited the greatest preachers they knew of, no breakthrough, nothing happened. We're after the enemy, he's not after us. We're to be attacking him. Don't glory in his attacks on you. Don't glory, don't glory in the fact that he's, but you say, well, preacher, I have all these things. Yes, but glory in your infirmities because you're not gonna stay sick. You're not gonna always have these problems. You're chasing the devil. Don't let him chase you. They couldn't get a breakthrough. Let me tell you what's gonna to happen to Rubyville if we don't get a breakthrough and some of you don't get a breakthrough. Look in verse 27. Then he, that's the king of Moab, took his eldest son, 
that should have reigned in his stead and offered him for a burnt offering upon the wall. Now, every one of you, look right here. I want every one of you to see me face to face. If you and if this church and if churches across America doesn't spiritually get a breakthrough and break through the walls of the enemy, we're gonna kill our next generation. Spiritually, we're gonna kill them graveyard dead. We're gonna do them in. If we don't get through the line, do you see that the devil sets up a boundary between heaven and earth and we're to go boldly into the throne room of God where we can obtain mercy and grace, but the devil's doing all he can to keep us from getting through. And some of you keep coming back to the same thing and you keep praying about the same thing and you keep falling right back into the same thing. And do you know if you don't get that breakthrough, it's not only gonna affect you, it's gonna affect your children, your grandchildren, children. I don't know about you but I don't want my kids to grow up, my grandkids to grow up in a church where they look and say well my poppy doesn't really preach. All he does is talk a little bit and fumble around tell a story or two. I want him to look at me and say he knows the power of God and he knows that God can do anything and he never limited God and he believed God for all that God had if you need your children say you need a breakthrough today. You need to break through the encampment that surrounds you and say God is still God and he can do anything. And if you don't, you're slaughtering your children. When you go home and you say bad things about the church, the preacher, the leadership in front of your children, you're killing your children. When you say bad things about Christianity and you let doubt come in their mind, you're killing your children. I gotta quit. No, 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 you don't want it. <laughs> Five or six do. You don't want it. I've done this long enough, I know when people want it. You wanna know why you've lost your excitement? You know why you just drag yourself to church every now and then? Because you don't look for anything to happen. You're not expecting anything to happen. It's gonna be business as usual. Preach, get up, preach a little while, we'll say amen, we'll go home, pat ourselves on the back and say, I did my duty for a month. I'll see you in a month or two, preacher. I'll see you when I feel good in body. I'll see you when I'm doing better. I'll see you when everything's just perfect. I'll see you when the temperature's 78 and it's sunny outside. Well, I couldn't come this morning because it's cold. Might be cold where you're at. I'm just fine inside. I'm feeling pretty warm tonight this morning as a matter of fact. Truth of the matter is we've lost our excitement. We don't want God to do anything. We don't want him to interrupt. We, we lose control if God takes control. That messes up our program and our plan. But I'm here to tell you I want God to come upon us in ways like we have never experienced before. And God wants to do it. 
But you're gonna have to admit, I lost something. I lost my song, I lost my shout, I lost my praise, I've lost my family. You're gonna have to admit, I lost my job, I lost my character, I lost my reputation, I've lost my morality. You know how you get it all back? To get back what you lost, you gotta go back to where you left it. <laughs> 